nurse is the person who's like the mom with the three kids. And she's talking about like how she starts, like how she turned her chaotic mornings into very organized mornings. You know, like that's a relatable story. It's like, wow, like how did you do that? So if you feel like I don't have a story, I have a boring life. Great is my answer. You're more relatable to, you're more relatable to people. And they're just going to resonate with your story. Like, wow, that's me. That's my life. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Lorianne. Lorianne, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. This is so lovely. So give us the highlight of who you are and what you do for business. I am a reformed, painfully shy girl who accidentally became a professional speaker. Yes, that, yes, I know. That, that, most people I tripped on the stage and there I was. <laughs> well, it was a little bit more to it than that. But I did say yes to an opportunity. And deep down inside, it was like, what are you doing? You're not a speaker. Um, gave Gave a presentation that, you know, looking back, knowing what I know now was horrible. But guess what? I did it anyways. I took that first step because every great speaker that's out there started with their first one. And today I actually help people craft a three seeds presentation, which is compelling, captivating, and most importantly, converting. So that's what I do in a nutshell. I love it. So how did you get into speaking as a thing? And certainly why start teaching it? <laughs> well, I'll answer the why I started teaching it, because that's probably the easier question. Um, I was speaking in the leadership and corporate engagement industry and hopping on a lot of airplanes. And I just got to the point where I was getting home, washing the clothes, throwing them back in the suitcase and leaving the next day. And so again, even though I was an entrepreneur, I felt like I was punching a clock. And I literally said, you know, like universe, I need a different business model. And that business model came in the form of a tech message a couple of weeks later somebody who had my number she'd seen me speak a couple of times been in the audience actually won a coaching session from me and she said the text message said Lorian do you write speeches for people in which case my face was like no but because I knew who she was I said hey let's meet she was three years away from retiring from her government job. At that point, you will stand on your head for three more years to finish out your time. And she'd had a side hustle for five years as a stylist and was successfully losing money for five years. Husband said, you can't keep doing this when you retire. So that's why she turned to me and I was like, oh, I can help you write a speech. I can teach you how to get booked and then I'll teach you how to leverage it afterwards. I had a whole lot of fun doing this with her. And she, after her first presentation, she walked away with two referrals to two other places to speak. And she walked away with three full paying clients. Yay. Complete changer. Yes. So that's how I got into this world. But I accidentally became that speaker because I did say yes to an opportunity, even though I was like, I'm not a speaker. Um, and there are different types of speaking. And one of the types of speakers that I that I share with um, with people is that you don't want to be the college professor. You don't want to be that that speaker that gets up there and just dumps a ton of information that overwhelms the audience. Well, that was exactly what I did do my very first time. Now, Michelle, have you ever done any speaking? 
what no no i've never done count <laughs> yeah this podcast doesn't count <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't count this is easy and this is fun this is right. conversational it's the standing up on the stage in stilettos with the microphone wired up going tech's not working the power went out what do i do <laughs> that always happens there's always something that happens like that so there's always like a beginning a, mi- a middle and an end i only mm-hmm. taught the middle section there literally was no beginning to my speech and there was no ending. Michelle, when I tell you my ending, you're going to laugh. This is how I ended it. Okay. Now I'm done. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering, as I walk off the stage, I'm not done yet. <laughs> I'm done. And if you want to talk to me, I'll be in the back of the room because <laughs> I just wanted to get away from everybody. Right. And people came up to me and asked me questions like, do you have a website? Do you work with clients one-on-one? How can I learn more information? And I'm just like, did you not see the train wreck that happened? <laughs> but that's I was awesome. there to, I was there to serve. And when you're there to serve, you know, that's what people connect with. Absolutely. And, and kudos to everyone who gets on stage, period, <laughs> like whether there's an actual stage there or not, because it is one of the hardest things to do. And, and it's slightly terrifying for a good reason. Um, but it's also incredibly addictive, uh, especially when you're doing kind of the right kind of talk. And, and even sometimes, you know, doing the professor type <laughs> onslaught of information that never ends i mean that's not really addictive but at the end when they go oh it's awesome like maybe there's something there (laughs) (laughs) i I don't think i could do that every day but you know (laughs) right (laughs) right awesome i'm more of the entertaining storyteller now on stage so we'll get into kind of the experienced people in a bit but let's start with the people that are just thinking about this whole on stage thing and going you know I've seen people on stage it's not that hard I could probably do that for those of you who are thinking that my answer is yes (laughs) absolutely it is Um, but what kind of advice would you give somebody that hasn't been on stage yet that's you know there's that inkling of intrigue a lot of people that I work with just have this like voice that's inside of them that says you need to be speaking you need to be sharing your story and I say like get out there and start telling it get on podcasts and share your story there's so many different forms of social media these days and they all accept video whether you're creating video or you're doing a live stream just start sharing Because that's how you're going to figure out like what stories are resonating with what audience and like what lessons and what tips and like what people want to hear more of. It's almost like it's great market research. Right. Absolutely. It is. So what about somebody that wants to speak, but they don't necessarily have a story. They don't necessarily know what somebody wants to hear from them. Everybody has a story. Everybody. You don't have to climb Mount Everest to have a great story. You know, not that climbing Mount Everest is not a huge feat, it is. It's an amazing thing that that um, like a very small percentage of people on the earth actually accomplish, but it's also not relatable. It's like, if you're in the audience, it's like, wow, good for you. I wish <laughs> I could have done something like that. I'm gonna go First- get a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> right. Versus the person person who's like the mom with the three kids 
And she's talking about like how she starts, like how she turned her chaotic mornings into very organized mornings. You know, like that's a relatable story. It's like, wow, like how did you do that? So if you feel like I don't have a story, I have a boring life. Great is my answer. You're more relatable to you're more relatable to people. And they're just going to resonate with your story. Like, wow, that's me. That's my life. I love it. So when you're working with people, do they have to have their own story? Can they borrow, you know, experiences, research, stuff and stuff from somewhere else and go, hey, I think people might be interested in this. Yes. And also, I still, I still think, but you know, you have a story, you have a, what hobbies do you have? Cause a lot of my clients, like I'm just, I, I will ask them, tell me about what you love to do. What are some of your hobbies? What are some of your interests? Like one of my clients, she was um, an expert storyteller. She would teach people how to tell business stories. She also loved renovating homes. Her and her husband loved to flip houses. And so, you know, like, so she works with a lot of, you know, like, carpentry tools so we put that into her speech and you know like so it just makes it more interesting it's like oh really like this cute blonde petite woman you know loves to like handle skill saws (laughs) so you know so we add that in there so I think like everybody has something you know so what's a hobby of yours maybe it's gardening Maybe it's it's painting. Maybe it's photography. You can add those elements into your presentation. Nice. Love it. So when they get that and they're going, okay, so now I, I know I want to go on stage. Uh, I think I might be able to put something together depending on who the audience is. How do they start finding places to go? Oh my God. Did you know that there are seven, there are over 7,500 7,500 speaking opportunities every single day, day, <laughs> day. And that number is just here in the U S now that doesn't include like podcasts and doing live stream There's shows. There's a billion and, of them. <laughs> you know? Yes. So we're talking like 7,500 is just meetings and conferences that right. are here in the U S now you break that into break that down into the 50 States granted, you know, no one's going to Alaska in January. They're all going to Hawaii and Florida. Um, that's about 150 opportunities. So I share that number with you, with everyone, because I want you to realize they're out there. Mm-hmm. So where are you already going that has speakers? Like maybe you're a member of your local chamber. They have speakers. You know, maybe you're part of um, some sort of a professional trade association, whether it's um, virtual or it's that you still have in-person meetings, what conferences. So I tell people to like make a list of all the places and associations that you're already a member of that have speakers, because these people already know you reach out to them first. So those are, that's just a great place to get started because from there you'll get testimonials, you can get video, you can get pictures and photography so that you can, and also referrals to other places to speak. I love it. Snowball. So what are some of the mistakes that you see people making when they're starting their speaking career? Uh, they overteach. That is the big one. If you overteach and you, you give too much information, you overwhelm the audience. An overwhelmed audience doesn't do anything. What does a meeting planner want? They want their audience to be transformed. 
They want them to do something differently after they hear you speak, whether it's right away or within a short period of time. You want to be able to be that person who solves the pain and the problem that the audience is having. So keeping it simple, it doesn't have to be complicated. Think about all the TED Talks. They're very, they're 15 minutes. And the smaller amount of time that you have to speak, the more powerful every word needs to be. And, you know, like they're not trying to jam a ton of information in 15 minutes. They've got like one or two points that are really inspiring. So think of how can I keep this simple? You know, what are some of the common questions that people ask you about your business, about your industry? Those, but like right there is a speech. Does that help? Yeah, absolutely. It does. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you help people to, to be able to create um, when they're, when they're venturing into this? To create, well, I help them create a presentation that is, we usually aim to write a presentation that's about 60 minutes. Nice. That way, if they get asked like, hey, we have a 45 minute slot or a 30 minute slot, what they learn is like what sections to take out. So we're kind of writing a presentation in blocks so that you can easily like, like um, instead of these three points, I'm only going to actually share these two points. Mm -hmm. And God forbid, if the speaker before you, but this does happen a lot, goes over their allotted time. And then the meeting planner turns to you and says, they went way over their time. Your 45 minute talk, could you cut that down to 20 minutes? And as a professional, like, you know, like I, I just teach my clients, like you want to make the meeting planner look like a hero. It's like, of course, because you know how to do that. You know, which sections you're going to take out, but what sections you're going to emphasize and what stories you're still going to tell. So, yeah. And when it's the CEO of the company that's speaking before you and they go long, they have every right to go long. <laughs> that's right. And they, and they probably will. It's their, it's their show. It's their, <laughs> yeah. it's their party. Yeah. Okay. I, I can compensate for that. Yeah. That's all right. But, and the worst is when you have a point to make and somebody's already made it and it's like, oh, that's out of here. <laughs> you do not want to repeat somebody else's point, especially the CEOs. I mean, you can touch on it. Yeah. But even just being able to like, like the CEO was mentioning, you know, so it's almost like your speech then becomes like almost like that lemon on the, on the water glass in the fine restaurant. It then looks like, wow. Cause if you can use other, the previous speakers, either the day before or who have spoken before you, if you can, I mean, this is definitely a pro tip. You can use that in your speech and this is all spontaneous it does look very elegant and you're making the meeting planners look like heroes. Love it. So most people I would think don't necessarily start with like a conference or something like that, where they have a 60 mm -hmm. minutes, probably going to be like lunch and learns or things like that, where they have a 20 minute kind of intro. What, uh, is there something that people can do to be able to kind of take the essence of their 20 minute, make it robust into a 60 minute or start with the 60 minute and tone it down. Uh, what do you recommend? And I like to tell that? people like, start off with the 60 minutes, mm -hmm. you know, build that presentation. And then just, you can just make it shorter because you just never know. It's better to be prepared when you walk into that 20 minute lunch and learn. And then it's like, suddenly it's like, yeah, the speaker before you didn't show up. So could you fill in a little <laughs> bit more time? You've already got that. You've already got it. 
So basically like what you're doing is like, here are the tips that I'm going to be sharing. You're just going to add a few more stories or an extra metaphor or an analogy, you know, or even something that just happened in the news. You could actually just be talking about that to reinforce the point that you're trying to make. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It does. And I always find it intriguing how a story can fill up five minutes faster than mm-hmm. <laughs> oh that yes. was a little longer than five minutes <laughs> and then there's always audience exercises too if you need to fill more time you know to deepen the learning you know because that's what your job is as a speaker you're you're there to either inspire and entertain an audience you know because you could be a humorist or you're there to transform and help them learn something new so exercises is a great activity you know, to do with an audience, you know, even, you know, just sharing an answer to having like a little Q&A amongst a small group of people. Mm-hmm. Nice. So when when somebody's doing like, let's go into kind of the more professional side of things. So assuming somebody's had their lunch and learns experiences in life and they're going, okay, now I want to, I want to take this pro. Like that was fun. And how do you actually make money at this thing? So let's, let's start with that is how does somebody go from kind of having some experience on stage to, to going pro. That's just it. You just like, you just <laughs> you start just that. charging. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. A lot of meetings that are out there that are used to paying speakers, but that's mm-hmm. one of the things that you do have to ask. So I like to have people, uh, my clients, like you supply your booking link to the meeting planner so that they have to fill out some questions, like simple, simple questions. What's the date that you need somebody? Is it an in-person or virtual event? Where is it? What's the topic? How did you hear about me? What's your budget for speakers? And that is plural because sometimes it's like, oh, our budget is this. Well, did you know that I could also do a breakout session for you? So now you don't have to look for another speaker because I'm already going to be there. So you really have to gather some information. And once you start getting paid, you know, then it's like, here's what my fee is. I mean, you can put your fee right on your website. And once a lot of people start saying yes to that real easy, that's when you know it's time to up your fee. (laughs) I love it. So is it easier for people to do events that are local? Is it easier to be an expert 5,000 miles away? (laughs) How does that work? Well, what, what is that, that saying that it's, um, it's tough to be a prophet in your own backyard. (laughs) There's there's some phrase like that. So it might be easier for you to get known as an expert outside of your area. Yes. Um, But you, what you can do so that you are doing more local speaking is actually have a, have a local speaker rate versus I have to get on an airplane and I have to travel somewhere for a day. You know, I know a lot of speaker friends who they like to sleep in their own bed. And so here's my rate for, I will drive a max of 60 miles. Anything outside of that zone is considered like my full rate. Um, Seth Godin is known for this. Like he wants to sleep in his own bed. And so he makes it ridiculous. If somebody wants him to go from New York out to California, he will mm-hmm. charge them. Like, it, how badly do you want me? Okay. Mm-hmm. I will Can I have a private fl- plane? Okay. <laughs> That's right. I will leave my family, but here's the price tag for leaving my family. Yeah. So it all depends on like, what's your lifestyle also? Like speaking really needs to fit with your lifestyle. 
Do you have small children that, you know, you're a single parent for? And maybe you can't travel that far outside of a certain area. And maybe you only want to speak a certain number of times a month or a year. And after that, it's like, I'm sorry, I'm already booked up for the year 2023. Would you like to book me for 2024 now? And that line works very, very well. (laughs) You will see a lot of people like, you're serious? Um, Okay, I guess we better book you for next year now. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So are there any trends that you've noticed in the last, let's call it year, um, of things in the industry that are changing or that have changed? I think it's okay to say um, no. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, like I'm already booked and I'm on the opposite coast. And now it's just, it's so easy just to like, well, okay, instead of having you here in person, you know, like so many conferences and conference halls, you know, and hotels, they're just equipped to bring people in virtually now. So even though it's still, you know, it's, um, it's still a, an in-person event, we're still bringing in speakers virtually. I think the challenge also for the four speakers is that there is also a virtual audience. So instead of just always scanning the room, you also have to make sure like you know where the camera is for the virtual audience so that you're actually making eye contact with them every once in a while also. So those, you know, so there is some camera somewhere, you know, so that's also just an important question is like, it, will there be a virtual audience and just, you know, just keep that in mind because we're also seeing, you know, it's, it just makes it, um, I think the virtual audience has different needs and Mm -hmm. being able to understand what their needs are also, um, having been, you know, like one of those people that was in the virtual audience, you know, for events, but I knew the person who was hosting the event. And so he actually called me the next day and said, Hey, I know you're in the virtual audience, Lorian, do me a favor. He goes, do you have any feedback? I said, yes, we all felt like we weren't there. And it was like, great, because he was like, thank you so much. He was like, I really appreciate that. And the attention that we got afterwards, where they actually were like, I felt like I was included in the room. So, you know, like as a speaker, you know, I'm just sharing with people like, you know, it's different. Um, How you handle your virtual audience and your in-person audience is different, but it's not a skill that is going to go away. And it's not a skill that's hard to learn. Nice. I love it. So in the kind of, in your experience with these, is there, do you have a favorite type of client or is there somebody that seeks you out the most, whether they're newbies, they're pros, they're corporate, they're kind of going full time. Who do you love to work with or who seeks you out the most? There's two people that I really adore working with. And one is the careerist who has felt that they've gotten passed over for promotion after promotion because they're a little shy, because they refuse to speak at meetings, because they feel awkward speaking at, speaking up at those meetings. Um, Those are people that I love to work with, along with coaches and consultants, because there are so many meetings that are out there. And those meeting planners are looking for speakers. And there are audiences filled with their ideal clients. And it's about finding them and helping them craft that presentation, you know, that helps them get booked, that helps them get recognized and more opportunities. Love it. So can you give us another example? Because you gave us a great one at the beginning, but another example of a Cinderella story of one of your clients. One of my clients. Okay. Um, 
I have a, one of my clients has a great rags to riches story. She literally was, yeah, and this is how she, you know, pitches herself that she went from food stamps to six figures in three years. And she is so passionate about helping women understand money, about helping women change their stories around money. And she was she just like a fractional CFO, you know, doing some coaching. And she just, she just was like, I have this, like, I have to share this message. And she has been sharing that message more and more. And it's just, it's so fun to see like the testimonials that come in from hearing her craft her, her story, you know, and the difference that it's making. And so for me on the other end, watching, because speaking to me, for me is like verbal art. It's like a hunk of clay in the beginning when we first start working with it. And then we're just molding it and crafting it into something very beautiful, something that can be, is so easy to repeat again and again and again. And that's what a signature speech is. It's a speech that you give over and over and over again. And you get really good at telling that speech and telling those stories. Love it. So what are the stumbling blocks that somebody might have be having while they're listening to this, other than potentially being an introvert? Um, things that kind of aren't going quite the way they want them to right now that they're thinking, oh my God, Lorianne, I need you so badly. Stumbling blocks. Well, <clears throat> You know, one, let's find a story that you can share with people, you know, like what is your origin story? You know, what are some of your client success stories that you can be sharing with other people? What are some of your thoughts, your thought leadership, you know, that you can be sharing with the industry? Um, and it's just like, pick up social media, you know, and just start sharing, you know, because, and, and also put speaker in your bio, don't make it hard for, for people to realize that they can actually hire you. So that's one of the easy things to do. If you really want to get into this, it's like put speaker in your bio. So let me know like on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook. Oh, she's a speaker. Let's do some, you know, you don't have to do these funny reels and dancing reels by any means, but you can just do start just do some live streams short here's the here's one tip that that will that I'll share with my audience because as a meeting planner they want to come and hear you speak it doesn't have to be polished but but that's the beauty of live stream is that i get to see who you are in your essence i love that so i know our listeners are going to want more from you how do they start their journey with you how do they start my journey with me um well one they can go listen to my podcast my website has a ton of information and, you know, I've got some freebies and lead magnets that will help you get started. And if you really want to have this conversation, just book a call with me and I will just share with you the different programs that I have. I'm not a high pressure person. I want to make sure that only the right people are in certain programs with me. And I only work with a small number of people anyways, one-on-one. -on -one. Thanks. Well, podcasters love podcasters. So what's your podcast about? My my podcast is called Be In Demand, and it's all about speak, you know, how to be using your voice and sharing your story and speaking, you know, to grow your business. I love it. And what's one of your favorite opt-ins that you have? Uh, a new one that I recently just created called Take the Stage. It's three tips so that people can like really grasp onto, like, here are the three tips that, you know, 
that you can start using today to communicate with more authority, to communicate with more confidence and hopefully attract the right people. Nice. I love it. So peeps, while you're listening to this, go and scroll down, click on Lorianne's links, and of course, open up a new browsers because we're not done yet. So Lorianne, <laughs> at what point in life did you know that you're especially kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? You know, it's funny you say that my father tells me that he knew that I was going to be some sort of entrepreneur when I was very young, because I was that kid that like, hey, let's make greeting cards, sisters. I got three other sisters. So let's go sell them like door to door. Um, I also collected newspapers and we sold newspapers to a local company that was that would use used newspapers for packaging. You know, they were into recycling before it was even cool back then. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, so I think I just had this like, huh, and I don't have entrepreneur um, parents at all. You know, I, I don't know where it came from, but I just like, it was something inside me that was just like this, like nine to five, like getting up every single day and like, you know, going and like living by somebody else's rules just wasn't for me. <laughs> You're a rebel. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You've been absolutely awesome. Any last words for our peeps? Get out there and speak. Not only is there a lot of opportunity, but, you know, every speaker started with their first speech. And when people ask me, what was your best speech? I always say it's my next one because I'm always <laughs> getting better. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I know how valuable it is. Thank you. Some peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show, share with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Are you running a business over seven figures but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap.